We good? All right. Clap yeah. sync. Three, two, one. Excellent. There's always just that little slight pause every time where it's like, <laughs> just I always brace for James's. God damn it! And it's just like <laughs> it's just like a reflex now where it's like I just hear the first syllable of James's exclam exclamation and I'm just like, up, oh, stop, Control A, <laughs> backspace. We're good. It's true. Also, I will say though, uh, uh, even if you think otherwise, uh, by the intro, this podcast will be in English. Um, none of this uh, excellente shit is happening here. Trust me. Uh, and I say that because maybe everyone else here can speak another language but me. <laughs> that would be my assessment. Not important. But what yes. is important? Oh, yes. Okay, let's actually talk about what languages we can speak really quickly. Um, <laughs> fuck it. Uh, Elena, you can speak Spanish. Speak Spanish. Anything else? I speak a little bit of Quechua. Whoa. Sick. Yeah. For the uninformed, what is Quechua? Quechua is an indigenous language of the Incans, I believe is where it came from, but it's mm -hmm. spoken, different varieties of it are spoken throughout like Peru and some other countries that had Incan influences. Um, nice. Ecuador, I speak the per a little bit of the Peruvian kind. Mm -hmm. Nice. Special side note. Mm, very cool. I know. Not a fact I get to show awesome. off very much because it turns out not very many people speak Quechua. That's true. Not many jobs but are asking do, for you to speak Quechua. Send a message in Quechua. Yeah. Can you speak or can you read Quechua? I don't think I can. Is it even written? <laughs> it is written yeah, now. Yes. It's written in the Latin alphabet, I believe. Yeah, it is. All right. I'd figure it out. You know. Anybody else? Any other takers with languages <laughs> that they can speak that are not English? Dude, what is uh, the proficiency level? <laughs> decent. I mean, yeah. See, I, could, uh, I, I can do Spanish. I'm pretty rusty with Spanish, but I got pretty good at it at one point. Uh, so at this point, I'm pretty bad at like actually speaking it, but I can listen and read it with some proficiency. Mm -hmm. cool. uh, and then I did some Polish and some Lojban as well. Nice. What's the last one? Lojban is a constructed language based on predicate logic, a thought experiment, more or less. Wow. The, you know what, Raphael? That makes so much sense. I feel like that just clicks into my understanding of you as a person and makes you a more full image in my mind. I'm like, also, ah, yes, this 100% works for me. Also, yep. it's so basically far. a conlang, right? Yeah, it is a conlang. Yeah. But yeah, my username is in Lojban, for example. Ah, uh, right. Uh, and I will say that both of you guys have fallen into the trap of just like saying some shit that like you guys know that like pretending like everybody else knows and i want to say it's coming off real pretentious i don't know for the, maybe um, there's like a listener out there who's like ah yes i understand this well yeah but what about the listeners that aren't anyway it doesn't matter doesn't matter totally fine don't okay feel what words moving on. what words were said that you did not understand there was lojban and there was quechua <laughs> okay yeah those are yeah. those are the names they're just they're the proper nouns things. yeah but like i wouldn't go like like, oh, I can speak this and this and then like drop one that's like this, like the most obscure shit ever. And then just like sit there and be like, follow. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's not important. Okay, so you can speak five languages, right? No, not five. Uh, I I would say that I am mildly proficient in Russian. I can speak and read it, but it's very, I guess I can't like 
have intense conversations in Russian. It's very basic slash moderate. Um, like you could you could talk to a child about what their favorite animal was. <laughs> yeah, I could do. Th- I mean, you like I I like to describe it as you can dump me in the middle of the streets of Russia and I will be able to survive and get along and be able to communicate my needs as well as converse with people as needed. But oh, okay. like, yeah, that's pretty. If proficient. they needed me to like recite a dissertation on like quantum physics, I probably am yeah. out of luck there. Just to clarify, <laughs> I couldn't do that in English either. I know. It's a pretty <laughs> language. Even if you wrote it out for me. Um, yeah. Okay. Real. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. Um, I have some Spanish education, but it's gone unused for over a decade. So. Yeah. You don't just occasionally switch That's your, how it gets you. your Magic the Gathering client to, to Spanish. Just like. <laughs> I mean, no, but that's a good idea. <laughs> I mean, a lot of my Spanish I learned from Spanish soap operas that we used to watch when we were kids. Mm. So it's like not a bad way to learn a language. Oh my God, soap operas. In my operas? elementary school, yeah. we would watch a movie in Spanish uh, every month or so, um, yeah. which is really fun. And the number of times in Shrek they go, Princessa Fiona, <laughs> is amazing. <clears throat> uh, it's it's just lodged in my brain. Wow. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, that was an amazing impression. So, <laughs> seems memorable. You know what? Your Spanish teacher would be like, fuck yeah. We totally nailed that. <laughs> we <got> to him. <laughs> Dude, I, I never thought about this, but was there like apparently like, a large, you know, thought exercise and or debate amongst school teachers about subs or dubs for, like, shit that they would teach in Spanish class. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you always hear that in the context of, like, anime and, like, manga and stuff, right? Oh, but, yeah. But, like, I never thought of it as in, like, yo, it's Spanish class. Like, should we subs or dubs this thing? Oh, so yeah. it would always 100%. be, like, dubs dub. in Spanish. It's, it's dubbed. Mm-hmm. With or, no or, subtitles. Well, it would be, mm-hmm. well, oh, no, yeah. it would be, it would be Spanish- but subtitled in Spanish. In Russian, so, so that you could understand. <laughs> <laughs> the true Jesus nightmare. Christ. Oh, my God. Well, do you know what a throwback was the other day? Actually, McCoy, do you speak any languages at all? I have a very, very baseline understanding of French. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. You did mm-hmm. take some French in college. I forgot about that slightly. Mm-hmm. I used to do your French homework for you. That's not true. <laughs> I don't know why you would say that. I did it one time. No, no, no. I love how like. Oh yeah, my just... swing dance partner was your um, was your TA. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. That's right. Yeah, and I was like lightly friends with people in French house, but then they were like, "Oh my god, you speak that so crazy!" And I was like, "Let's not speak of this again because it completely <laughs> out me." And I mean out me as in like you'll say anything. Like I didn't go to the French. I was like I wasn't like gonna be like they were like no it'll be fine. Like and I'm like you don't understand like the level of not fine it will be. I understand that. And yeah. I'm gonna keep control of the situation. Thank you very much. Um, despite the fact that it sounded cool over there. Yeah. You know what else sounds cool? Uh the made up language of Pyre. Oh yeah. Oxalas. Yeah, no, Wait, the other was... night, I think, I don't remember, it was randomly on Discord, and I just heard... Fuck? This was a real transition. How the fuck did I you know, do that? I know, guys, I was so excited. I thought of it, like, five minutes ago, and I've just been waiting. What the f- All right, oh, I'm fine. Wait, the other night, I hopped on Discord, and it was just James, the, like, the beginning of it was just James and Raphael saying, 
things back and forth to each other in Pyre language. Glycoise. So that was mostly Raphael Glycoise. saying things in Pyre language <laughs> and me saying, <laughs> me saying things that characters in other video games say, like Brochiche. Oh. Mm. Um, yeah, I was thinking I couldn't place which, that one. It's like Age of Empires, maybe. I think it's Age of Empires, yeah. Yeah, something. I was going to go Age of Empires yeah. with that. If you know where um, that comes from, write into us at tyrannyofthumbs at gmail.com yeah. with your favorite video game made-up language phrase. Also place this one. You cannot defeat me. <laughs> I, I don't know where it is from. It's probably from 100 <laughs> games. I'm going to need a list. <laughs> All right. Now that we've assigned homework you have not the enough even started <laughs> to our listeners, um, yeah. Oh, my God. There is a made-up language in this, and I think we'll actually get to real points about it. But first, I will do my hostly duties and pass to someone who's actually competent, <laughs> which is Zoe. Nice. Who the fuck are we and what the fuck are we doing right now? Yes. Hello. We are Tyranny of Thumbs, which is a gaming podcast that plays a game each week, and then we all gather around together and we talk about it. And we are joined this week by our usual sus- suspects of myself, Zoe, McCoy, and James, and then once again, we are joined by our lovely guests, Raphael and Elena, once again. Hello. We're just and like permanent hangers on at this point. I mean, we are in the middle of doing a game block right now. And so it makes sense consistency wise to have consistent guests for the whole game right. block, which yeah. is it's, super It's the game games. block of games where the stars are going out. <laughs> right. And, we and also. We kind of do that. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. We can't tell you which game that happens in. Right. Because spoilers, but in the last year we've played another game like that. Oh, true. And <laughs> like another, yeah. another four. We we will probably have a game of the year category this year, which is like best game where the premise is loop based and the stars are going out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Best loop based game also I think could could be mm. in there. Um, alternatively, I can make it a subcategory where it's mine and it would just be least favorite loop games. Game. McCoy's hate. Um, <laughs> Games that I have to, yeah, anyways. But no, I would also say the other thing, um, even though this is nine conversations. Sorry, go ahead. You didn't hate all of them. That's true. No, I did not hate all of them. Um, But did I hate some of them? I don't know. You have to find out. (laughs) Tune in to our other episodes. Um, (laughs) Tune back in in next January. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, But yeah, cool. Uh, True, true. Supergiant Games Block. This is very exciting. This, guys, I just want to set a little context here. Okay, okay. I'm taking us from wherever the fuck we are to wherever the fuck we need to be, which is that, like, the context of this game is really interesting, especially, and I'm going to do my own job of telling the story of this company, and if other people disagree with that, that's totally fine. Um, But you have to do the homework first before you can email us. But anyways, so the thing is, right, Bastion comes out, it's just... I mean, it just takes the scene by storm, at least as as far as an indie game can go. And boy, we just played it, and not spoilers for the game, but spoilers for our takes. It was pretty good, right? And um, so then it's like Transistor's coming out, and it's like the next game from them, and these guys can do no wrong. They've just basically styled on every AAA game that's ever tried to be creative in any possible way. Um, Transistor comes out, and, you know, like it clearly even though some people absolutely love it, and deservedly so, it doesn't have the same hype level. For whatever reason, it just doesn't quite hit the stratosphere in the same way as their first game. And if you think that's a trajectory, then oh boy, Pyre comes out, and I nearly hear zero about this game when it releases. I hear the little uh, 
like I'm trying to say like flitters or something, Twitters, of, but it's not actually Twitter because I would never fucking use that platform. This is going to be used against me later on Twitter. But anyway, it's not important. What I mean to say is just that like little bits and pieces <laughs> were said of this game. Right? Can we us? coming up. Tyranny of Thumbs, mm-hmm. Twitter. Do we even use that thing? I think the only one we used was was sponsored by Visual. <laughs> we tweeted it one time. But anyway, it's not important. The point is just simply that like, okay, s- fans of Supergiant games are definitely following. They're definitely like seeing Pyre. But the excitement level before Pyre was, I would say, like medium. But then the release happens and everyone's kind of talking about it for a second and it just disappears. Like, that's the way I saw it. It's just, God, this game went away. And, and it might be because someone said something along the lines of, yeah, it's a basketball game. And you're like, what? <laughs> and, like, just that level of, like, what? Who knows? And we'll dissect it in a second. But the point is, we are actually sitting here to actually fucking play this game. So that's good. I didn't play it before, so I'm actually forced to play it now. And we're probably even going to be forced to finish this game, which is such an exciting thing because I guarantee you out there, a lot of people, despite their their fan statuses like either didn't even play this game at all or let alone definitely didn't finish it you know what i'm saying so this is one of those games that just man it went so it's a perfect podcast contender for us to sit down really dig into it and really sort of see what it what it's all about because it's one of those things that the sphere did not pressure us to play i would say so i'm curious guys let's do a little round table here did people play this on release like what was the hype level for them did it did it flash in the pan going you know and get out of here or or what's the deal because i said for myself i bought this game immediately on release and immediately never played it so i'm like i i I actually am genuinely curious as well because i i also think what needs to be said is that at least the timing in our lives when this game came out because i bought this game immediately on release uh, which was back in 2016, I believe. But I also think this game was released when many of us were at a big transition in our lives, aka graduating college, kind of having the first couple of years outside in the adult world, uh, you know, just trying to get jobs, trying to build skills, trying to fucking network, <laughs> shuddering <laughs> at the, <laughs> at the that. that kind of phrase. <laughs> but like... And I mean, I might be speaking for other people. Other people might have experiences. But I just remember at this point in my life, it was um, I, I played the game very briefly and then I had later dropped it and forgotten about it. But it wasn't because of the game itself. Rather, it was because of the transitions I was going through in my life where it was just there was a lot of other things that were in my headspace at the time that video games just didn't really play a part in in 2016. I'd play my four-hour walking simulators like Firewatch and whatnot, but like a game that required an ample amount of time to sit down, play through, and complete, I hardly touched those games at the time. So I remember playing, I think when I actually launched this game for the first time uh, a week ago, my old save file was in there and I had conducted about two writes, which is roughly about mm-hmm. what, 20 minutes into the game, I think, maybe an hour. Um, but then, yeah, I just never picked it back up again. Um, and so, yeah, I'm really like, this is also why this is exciting for me to play this game because it's just the one super giant game 
that I actually haven't completed the entire narrative for, uh, let alone like the game. So right. it's very exciting. But I do, don't know if that's also other people's experiences with this. I just know for me, I, you know, this just wasn't a big time in my life for video games at all. Um, which is also just why I think it wasn't received, I guess, or wasn't embraced as well from me at the time. Yeah, I think that's an interesting added layer because it's definitely true. Like when I think back on the timing that this landed, at least for me as well, I will say like, yes, I was focusing on other stuff during that time, but I definitely played a lot of video games. It just felt like there wasn't time for maybe the more fun exploration aspect of it. It was like, I need to, I need to hit that shit that actually lands. Where's Counter-Strike at? Yeah, where's Counter-Strike at? Where's fucking League? Where's fucking, I don't even know, Firewatch? Yeah, games that I know are, are slam dunks. And the second the scene didn't say this game was a slam dunk, which slam dunk, right? Basketball, think about it. <laughs> but like, but like, yeah. it. So I think it's a combination. Cause like, dude, I bet you, I mean, I don't really know, but I bet you, Zoe was playing some games at that time to to balance stress levels of whatever the fuck else when she had the time, but did she reach for shit like this? No, probably, because that's how I, that's how it was for me. So I'm curious other people. Exactly, Ra Raphael. What what about you? Did did you play this on release? Uh, yeah. So I mean, I should contextualize. There was no period in my life where I was just like, I'm not gonna play many games. <laughs> <laughs> games are uh, important to me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I don't think I, I really had any significant gap there. Uh, I'm also a bit desynced from you, uh, timing-wise. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I don't remember... Like, I, I don't remember, like, being really hyped up for the release and playing it immediately, but I played it pretty close to that, I think. Like, it came out, I heard about it. I was like, oh, yeah, Supergiant Games, they're pretty cool. And I... I played through the whole game at that time. Yeah. Awesome. James, what about you, man? Um, <clears throat> I'm trying to remember, like, what I was doing then. Um, that I wasn't, like, playing this game, but I hadn't really focused on super giant games beyond being like, oh, yeah, they make really beautiful games since Bastion. Um... I never touched Transistor um, before we played it the other week. Um, <clears throat> I just, um, I was more consuming, like, um, content creator opinions about games like this than um, playing a lot of games like this. Um, I think I was, uh, playing a whole lot of Destiny at the time. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah right this would have been in the Destiny yeah. area. Destiny we played one. that too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, I played a lot of Destiny 1. Um, I was hardcore addicted to that game for a little while. And, um, yeah, I think this came out and I just kind of... I was like, okay, cool. That's not what I'm focused on right now. Yeah. <clears throat> Destiny does not say to play this game. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. True. Also, I would say a quick side tangent uh, about the podcast, or just side point or whatever, and boy, has it borne out to be true, but I 
bet all of us, excluding Raphael, who has never, ever had a moment in his life where he stopped playing games as much. Fair play. Um, I bet you we all were starting to get on the trajectory of assuming content creators' positions on these sorts of games as opposed to not actually playing them ourselves. Like, that was a very clear line of like, well, I can just watch the reviews on this stuff and I can keep mm -hmm. up with the stuff. It's cool, but I don't have to play all this stuff. I'll play some of them, maybe the gems or whatever. And boy, I mean, if it weren't for what we're doing right now, I mean, how is it even possible that I would have played all the games we've played? So this is like yeah. one of those true delights for us because we get to force ourselves to actually fucking play this game and 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 remember that this studio is awesome, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? And is really good. Yeah. And they deserve the time. Yeah. I mean, that kind of ties into like, I remember hearing about this game um, because we were listening to Giant Bomb. I think we we're probably on a road trip or we were driving somewhere. We tend to listen to a lot when we're driving and we might have even been like carpooling. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Point is we heard about it on Giant Bomb and we were like, oh shit, another super giant games game. Like, fuck, yeah, we're definitely going to play that, which is why you bought it right away on release. But then I think like, yeah, the, the content creator like Sphere, I don't remember them disliking this game, oh. but I just remember them describing it as being like, oh, it's like a weird sort of like basketball slash... I, never I don't even, even remember the what they wanted. I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm saying I can't remember what else they described it as, but like definitely like basketball game sort of thing. And we were just like, what the fuck is that? And so we just never played it because it didn't sound like something that we wanted to play. It's I think like as we get into Pyre, like it's kind of difficult to describe what Pyre is as a game. However, they did actually, I think it was maybe Zoe or James or someone mm -hmm. just had an interesting basketball slash that I think we should mention right now. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, uh, I have one, but I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, like, my favorite description of this game is how the voice actor Logan Cunningham describes this game, which is this game is Oregon Trail mixed with NBA Jam. Uh -huh. <laughs> and I can't think of a better combination than that. Where yeah. I'm like, okay. And, and Odd. By, <laughs> by the way, like, that is so rad on so many different levels because one of which is it doesn't just say it's a basketball game. Because sports games are so fucking simmy and they have been for so long like they're so simulation they're whereas nba jam is you're dunking from half court you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying you're styling mm -hmm. you're knocking people over you're doing like back dribbles or i don't know the terms you guys listen i don't play basketball like non-professional like regular it's like regulation but with a twist right in a way yeah. where you're able to style uh, and there are cool combinations or you know stringing together of moves that you can do that feel epic as fuck when you manage to execute them well right um for but sure. when someone says oh it's like basketball <clears throat> they really are not referencing that aspect which is totally present in this game instead they're referencing like that nba game that I played one time at a friend's house and it was supposed to be like fun or something and I had no idea what the fuck was going on. And now that it's in my my super giant games, why would I want this? So I feel like even with what Zoe has just said, I already maybe want to play this game a little more than I did when it first came out. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if that was a failing of just the general gaming sphere to communicate this game and potentially a failing of super giant games to communicate it as well. Yeah, I... It's, it's actually interesting because it's one of, like, the biggest pet peeves of the studio. They hate that people call this a sports game. And they hate that the gaming community has kind of, like, deemed it as a sports game. Because they, they come in and they're just like, well, no, it's not quite. You see, we have this cool gimmick and, like... 
But yeah, it's like people didn't really know how to, uh, you know, term this game exactly. And so the best way they could describe it in a condensed one word blurb was just sports, Um, which is just, I guess, an unfortunate. It's just an unfortunate thing that just got picked up by the general gaming sphere and kind of propelled um in yeah because Supergiant would try their best to be like okay but yes they we have rpg mechanics though like we're trying to make our own version of what a jrpg is with a sports twist but it's not really sports it's more like a ritual <laughs> and like and people are just like ah but there is a ball sports yeah <laughs> so, there is dunking yeah. and there is dunking you're absolutely no it's totally true i'm also curious before we move on Raphael, you had a description as well yeah so i would say there's also a very large element of visual novel in this game uh, true. Mm-hmm. it's like yeah. while it does have like the oregon trail aspect it's it's very subdued uh and that like that's the general framework through which you're like traveling through the world but a lot of it is more like in-depth like reading on the lore of things and uh understanding the characters and their motivations Mm -hmm. yes and so what this game is we're trying to describe now but i feel confident in saying if you haven't played this and you like these uh this studio even and you like interesting game experiences this is worth a shot for sure Mm -hmm. like Worth more of a shot than maybe your initial impression led to be, you know, whatever. And whatever initially happened in the gaming sphere. Like, just, I would say, just try it. And not only just try it, but I would very specifically recommend this exact technique. Because this is something I've learned over the podcast that is essential for enjoying games like this. And is easy to miss if you are just an average gamer. And I don't mean that to denigrate you. I mean, like... If, if you're not thinking actively about this, people have optimized games so hard to be so fun right away that this game, which is so different than maybe your expectations and so different than any other game you've played, or at least for me, you might need to play this game for an hour, set it down, force yourself to come back for another hour, set it down, and then after that, you'll be in. You'll understand. You'll get the flow. Things will be fine. But that process is a process that will sink many, many, many games because so many games I'll pick up for an hour and be like, oh, interesting, and then I won't pick it up for that second hour. Do you know what I'm saying? I'll just leave it, and then a week will go by, and I'll kind of forget what's going on. So I think we, as gamers, need to actually think about, you know, some of these games that are really different might actually need us to give them a multiple-try structured like play session such that we can wrap our minds around what they actually are before we can even decide really anything about them. Um, and I just say take that with you because, like, if you, you know, I feel like I've dropped a lot of games because, there was, whoa, there was a lot of information in that first hour. This is interesting. It seems kind of cool, but I don't know. And then I was just like, maybe I'll go back to comfort food where I know what the fuck is going on. And that's a dangerous habit too, I think, so... Just something to consider out here. And I definitely noted it here. Like, wow, that has definitely stopped me before. And it definitely would stop me here. But after having done that, it's a totally different world. Like, like, 
like did you guys have that experience where the first couple hours were like whoa okay that's a, like that's a lot of shit i gotta remember all this shit and figure out what's going on and what the fuck is yeah. happening yeah okay yeah like i i think if there's one way that like i would describe how this game kind of comes right out of the gate like my first thought i remember was just how ambitious it felt just in the sense that super giant games up until this point had really uh condensed the gamer's experience to one or two characters Mm -hmm. and an overall story point and right out of the gate with pyre you are immediately introduced to three characters and every single stop you're bringing on one more character one more character you're building up your roster um as you traverse throughout the uh, downfall and Obviously, when it comes to a large cast of characters, it's going to take a lot of time for you to be able to meet all of these people, to be able to understand their motivations, their struggles, to understand your motivations and struggles, uh, to understand just like what the entire premise is. Um, And yeah, that just takes time. That's not going to easily be done in a 20 minute, you know, gotcha, grab you in you know, set you off kind of mode. Um, like I think of stuff like it may be in like an unfair comparison, but like stuff like cyberpunk, right? Like it immediately just like plunges you into night city, introduces you to your one close friend and then shows that you were just a badass in the city. And like that grabs a character. Cause you kind of understand like the overall general motivations. Whereas with pyre, they really wanted that to shine through with the story and with the conversations that you have with the characters, but all of that just in order for the pacing to be what Supergiant deems, you know, like uh, appropriate, it's going to take, you know, two hours to actually uncover it all before it really gets the ball rolling. And, and be kind mm-hmm. to yourself. You may not need to do that two hours all at once. If you can, do it. Mm-hmm. But for me... I, why force myself? You know what I mean? Like I've I've literally started to schedule and strategize around like an hour, then a day to digest. Another hour, maybe an hour and a half, day to digest. After that, I could literally do a four hour session chilling. But it's just, I just needed my mind to like wrap around it a little better because there's a lot different. And I just wanted to make sure I wasn't doing that whole like, oh, it's different. Therefore, it's a bad thing that I can, I feel like I can fall into as a gamer. Like, I don't understand what the like for me it's like with controls and stuff but if anything is just different i'm just like oh god it feels so unnatural what the hell's going on so it i don't know you guys know what i'm talking about fair enough prophet did you have the same experience mm-hmm. you said you were saying something yeah i mean i i don't think i have anything really new to bring but it's i had a similar experience of like initially it's really hard to understand what the the game is about mm-hmm. um and I think I do less of the content creator consumption, so I wasn't going into it with any preconceptions, really. Um, that being said, like the the visual novel aspect of it was very easy for me to digest, so I was just sort of treating it as like reading a book, um, where you you normally expect to like have some time to uncover the characters. Yeah, I think that's like. A really good analogy for this game. It's definitely more of a slow burn. It kind of, I mean, it's sort of like a book would. Like well, James disagrees. Not a slow burn. I, I think. <clears throat> so my experience of this game is that there are two different games in this game. 
that. One of them is an action, like, sports, but not sports at all, <laughs> game. <laughs> and the other one is a visual novel. And yep. um, they're functionally unrelated, except that they kind of affect each other with, like, really weird ways. So... I, I mean, I guess they're related, but <clears throat> maybe most my experience not. of this game is what we talked about in Transistor, where there's this action game, which is really kind of jarringly split up and like you're forced out of the action game hmm. to like look at the end of sequence, like end of fight. Um breakdown of all of the things that you killed and like look at a piece of art and just like stand there um it feels to me like that but like turned up to 11 um where every time i'm in an action part my adrenaline like skyrockets and i'm like hyper focused on that and like trying to do quick things to win the game and then the second that stops, it's like, all right, now put all of that aside for like five to ten minutes and read a book and click on all the things mm-hmm. and like make these arbitrary decisions. Um, and then and like decompress or like try to as quickly as possible so that you can like switch into reading a book mode where adrenaline just like doesn't help at all. Um, and then after five to 10 minutes of doing that, there's like another shot of adrenaline. (laughs) And then you have another five to 10 minutes of reading a book. Um, it's interesting, uh, James, cause I don't, I don't disagree with anything that you just set out as, like, the premise of this game. Like, there are sort of, like, two very different things happening. And I agree, yeah. like, the, the action sequence is, like, this intense thing where, like, you're really focused on these fast movements. But I, for me, it lands so much better than the transistor yeah, version. But that's because you're not playing it. That's true. I'm not playing it. And so you can feel free to tell me in a moment that I'm wrong. But I also think, like, the way that, the, like, the the... The basic premise of this game where those action sequences are set up as sort of like this big thing and there's like this lead into it and you're like following the stars and you know who you're going to go fight and it's like it's like a big moment and there's the announcer and like all this kind of the music goes. I feel like it's it's um tied in maybe better to the experience where like when I get some of those action sequences, I'm like expecting it to be a big different moment. We're like, okay, yeah, we put on our robes mm. now and our masks and we go play this basketball at sort of game. Um, so I while think... I'm not playing it, I feel like it like kind of thematically ties in better. And for me, at least makes the game experience feel more cohesive. Yeah, I didn't I... find that transition jarring. Yeah, but I'm like, I kind of have just like this aha moment all of a sudden, because we talked about one thing that we like about in Bastion was how the narrator kind of comments on the actions that you do in combat where like, you know, you swing your hammer and he's like, the boy Mm -hmm. just starts going wild. And like, 
I can see just inspirations of that within the action sequences of Pyre with the voice of, it's actually called The Voice, you know, Rita. Dare you, dare you tamper Ooh, with forbidden knowledge? impression. <laughs> like, like, but like, but he also, co- he, he's like the commentator of your game. So you kind of feel yeah. that sort of, that inspiration as you plunge your character into the pyre and you hear that resounding, and Jodariel plunges into the flame and you're just like, yeah. So have you considered like, a career in voice acting? No, no, I would <laughs> suck at it. Please don't. <laughs> Please don't hire me. Um, we need a low budget version of the voice actor from this game called Pi. <laughs> Can you do it? <laughs> Speaking of voice acting though, like the the voice is Logan Cunningham again and like it's yeah. so different. It's so like different, yeah. his range is actually crazy. This one I do. It's hard to imagine that this is like Dillion 2.0 and also the voice of like the old man in Bastion. Yeah. Yeah. Although I will say though, speaking of voice acting, I I think it could be a bit divisive in the sense of most of this game is not voice acted, Mm -hmm. like at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very much visual novel style, and I do wonder if that is something that. Is not divisive necessarily in a bad way, but it's just people are going to find themselves on one side of that of that fence. Like I wonder if James would have uh, found the transition more uh, fluid if there had been voice acting, and then maybe one of you guys like actually enjoyed this better, maybe even than had it been voice acted. So I I do yeah. feel there's because keep in mind this is the studio that has murderous voice acting. They're unbelievable. And then, but Zoe they made wrote a, a really good novel. point that they usually are only voice acting, yeah. like really that one character. Like even in Transistor, mm-hmm. where they had two characters, Red never talked; she so just hummed or sometimes sang in her sort of dream state. But scaling it up to having this many, there's so many characters in this game, and I, I don't. But I was also so I was thinking about this the other day. And I can't decide which way. I feel like it would come down to like a personal preference and it would be sort of like 50-50 because I find that when I'm doing voice acted games like say Skyrim, I'm a fast enough reader or I'm sort of like skimming and I don't want to I don't want to sit there for the entire voice acted line if that makes sense. So I'm like frequently like skipping it a lot. Um is that because Skyrim sucks at voice acting? I don't acting? know. Sky, maybe Skyrim was a bad example. Like, would you skip fucking... So, I mean, I... Hades had voice acting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. that's what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah, and so say, I haven't played that. Hades, so... Go ahead, Raph, whatever point you were going to make. Oh, I was just going to say, like, I, I, I guess it's probably more just a, a resources thing. Like, at, at the time they were doing Hades, they had committed to actually putting that, the, that amount of resources into the mm-hmm. game. Um, and at this point, they were probably a bit uncertain. Um, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know... Oh, sorry. I, I think also it's sort of like a, a stylistic thing. This The approach they took in this game is one that I think a lot of indie games have taken, actually, where it's like they have... Maybe, maybe not a lot, but it, I, I've seen it like in Hollow Knight, for example, where it's like you have this made-up mm-hmm. language, and each time a character says something, they'll like say a little something in this made-up language to go along with the text like evoke and it sort of yeah yeah and it it's more about like imparting the the emotion the intonation of the message um and then you can read the message for the actual content Um, yeah i have to say i really like this approach actually Mm -hmm. um i think it, it really balances it well um and it's 
it allows you to do it in a way that doesn't require you to have that many resources, I guess. Yeah. I also, I really like the little mini voice lines, I guess. Like, I think the voice acting for those is really good. Yeah. And I also think the writing is really good. Um, oh, like, totally I think agree. the tone that they give each of the characters <laughs> and the actual writing itself. Um, I was, like, every time we play this game, I'm like, wow, like, whoever the writers were on this one really did a good job. Because I, I we, okay, we, we don't read the book. But, like, the characters themselves have, like, really interesting and cool ways of speaking, and they're really, they're just well-written. I think they're always interesting to read. Yeah, like, for instance, like, yeah. you know, think uh, characters like uh, Sir Gilman, right? Like, he has all yeah, the, like, the so flashes. Yeah, like, Sir Gilman has such a this, great personality. Oh, the intensity of his of his <laughs> pride and his his stance, the, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. when I hunch over and a computer cowardice. desk, he's, like, the opposite of that. He's, like, standing tall. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, like, that, that yeah. definitely, like comes across um yeah and i think you really feel his character both through his like mini voice lines and through the te the written text and then also yeah i like i mean sir gilman's a really good example because he has like the heart eyes that he'll get or like they'll go fiery and they have all those like spiky backsplash things that happens when he's upset yeah so mm -hmm. i don't know i think it's a yeah. really nice package even though it's sort of like the lower budget version instead of fully voice acting it. I think yeah. it also does a really interesting take on like the more subdued, like subtle characters like Tariq, like his voice lines. They really impart like his calmness mm -hmm. in an interesting way. And like he's got things going on within that, but that's actually still communicated really well. Mm. Yeah, I think the the meshing of you know the the intonations of this of this made up language, but then I think that also married with the art that they give each of these characters. Like I think you can really see the collaborative <clears throat> expertise that they did with this, where you know Jadariel has her arms crossed, and therefore her intonations sound more commanding and more you know like. I wouldn't say angry or upset, but like she's definitely more of like a a mild mannered character than guarded, someone. I would say. Yeah, guarded. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. As opposed to like someone, yeah, someone like Sir Gilman, who, as McCoy mentioned, like you know, he's his character sprite is definitely more like I'm out there. I am a knight, <laughs> and so you can definitely see that. You know, the the minstrel, yeah, Tariq. You know his you know, his color palette and his, like, his actual splash art looks just very calm and cool and collected, and his voice lines come across in that same, like, soft-spoken, calm collectedness as well. Yeah. Um, and even Tizo, I, I just right, who doesn't so even well. speak yeah. at all. Yeah. You know? Well, he speaks, but, yeah. <laughs> right. But, like, he is, like, the perfect example of, like, they don't even, first of all, there's this cute little thing where, like, he's just he is only speaks really or communicates through like a description of his statements but that if you played the game you understand what i'm talking about if you haven't sorry that's crazy they, they have like little words will be highlighted and you can hover over them for more information about like that thing it mm -hmm. will be usually like a character or a place yeah. or something and for tizo all of his things are like skrikiki and then you hover over it and it's like Tizo is happy about this. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not going to yeah. say that I like know how they did it. But what I'm saying is it's interesting when you look at Tizo because Tizo doesn't say words. He he only says like 
uh, sort of emotions or feelings or like he'll they only when they're describing literally what he says like mm -hmm. he's happy to hear this or he's sad to know that you know you know you're not gonna go the way that he wanted to go or he, that he didn't find the fish that he wanted to fish or uh, something like that devastating but what what you can see when you read that description is like this is the level of richness and depth with which they are attaching to all of these uh, lines such that all of the voice actors can add this extra level of richness. So it's it, it feels like almost every line has an understanding of not just the line, but the richness behind it of what the character is mm -hmm. feeling. And like it might even be written out and stuff like that. So it's it's clearly really well done. And just I, I've seen things in in where like, you know, people are talking about like, why did this line come off so horrible in this video game? You're like interviewing the person. They're like, well, at that time you see the art wasn't actually made. And so they just sort of told like a director just told me like, do this shit. And again, I don't know how they did it, but it feels like it all is marching perfectly under the same line, the same concept, the same identity. And it's, it's powerful in that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was gonna, that was actually one of the notes that I made like, Often, we have said before in previous episodes with games that require decision-based responses, you know, we will pick a response for something and the character will suddenly go off on some tangent or monologue. Where we're like, whoa, 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 <laughs> wait, wait, we didn't want the character to really do this. And like, that is the value of the hovering text, um, you know, mechanic that they also have within the story-based parts of these games where like a character will ask you a yes or no question, but even if you mouse over the word yes and the word no, it will give you like what the underlying meaning of saying yes to this question mm -hmm. means and what saying no to is. Like, so like one, like, I guess more like trivial response, like Jodariel at one point says like, you know, am I intimidating to you? And it's a yes or no question. But if you say yes, it says something like, you know, you respect her stature and you find her horns a little intimidating. So this is like, this is all you're going to give or like, you know, yeah. saying no, it's like you respect her as a commander, but she is, you know, yeah. she doesn't scare yeah. you per se, yeah. which doesn't come across with just a yes or no response. Like a lot of games just kind of run with. You know, stuff like heavy rain, where you're just like, whoa. Turns out yes Ethan. is the wrong answer there. Yeah, <laughs> I should go. I said yes. Um, Wait, no, can but... I give an example of Jodariel, too? Because it's my, sure. one of my favorite ones. So okay. one of my favorite moments of this was with Jodariel when she's talking about um, this other character who, like, asked her out, basically, in, like, a very simplistic the other, way. Uh, demon? Uh, spoilers. Yeah, the other demon. This is spoiler, a spoiler. This is podcast. Podcast. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. <laughs> We're doing a pretty good job. Okay. Anyways. True. Go ahead. At one point, Jodariel is talking about it, and it's like, oh, like, should, and I don't remember what the question is, but she's like, you know, like, what do you think? Like, should I do anything? And we're, like, mousing over being like, oh, he seems like a nice guy, or like, oh, he seems really shitty. And there's one that's just like, I care for you. And we mouse over, and we realize, and we're like, it's like, oh, that seems nice. Like, maybe we just, like, say, like, yeah, we think you're great. Like, you make your own choice. And then we mouse over it, and it becomes pretty clear, like, that is us being like, yo, we think you're really hot. And, like, that would be us. <laughs> professing our not love but interest mm -hmm. for her mm -hmm. and so we didn't choose that option but it and yeah oh interesting i didn't have that dialogue option because i stuck with the the female default that i got this run mm, i see mm. and there is a parameter did we choose somewhere. our gender no no you do you can choose you, your you gender. do can choose at the very but... beginning you can choose yeah oh yeah at the very beginning they but you have to realize by mousing and then over and yeah. it will be like, should you correct them? Ah, 
I did not catch that. Yeah. We weren't good at the mousing over game yet. No, 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 no. We saw this. <laughs> oh, we did? Um, yeah, we just said it's fine. I didn't notice. The options are are he, she, and they. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't I didn't know. So I didn't so we didn't actually go to check the interesting. Yeah, so you, you could click through. I think it says like click to interact to change. So like if you mouse over, yeah. I think like my default was, you know, headwind presumes you are male. And so I just clicked and then it said headwind presumes you are female and then I went through with that. Hmm. Which I thought was like a cool little like character customization route that you could take. That is cool. But now I know apparently with with the I'm guessing McCoy and Elena, you guys went with the male path, yeah. I guess. So apparently there's a Jodariel, because I, I never got that interaction either with Jodariel asking me about what my thoughts were about that yeah. encounter. Mm. Presumably because I you know, am a female reader. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah it's... it's possible that I did too many things to piss off Jodariel before then. So <laughs> you were not given that, that option. Possible. The thing I will is, crush you. Um, I I don't know if this is true, but like, it. She'll step on me. <laughs> yeah, she might. She'll use her horns. Oh yeah, I, I think I said she was scary, so maybe that ruined it too. That's yeah. true. Maybe so, if you say she's scary. Okay, so maybe we've just had really great fortune with our choices, mm-hmm. but it actually, I was wondering if this game had a lot more winning options, maybe than a normal choice based game might, where it's like half or something like that, because mm-hmm. it felt like. A lot of these things, you know, when when you go back to thinking about the way Zoe described that one scenario where it's basically just like nine different ways of being polite. And even though it's saying yes and no to the same shit. Um, but I I found that like even in certain instances, like, for example, it was like Sir Gilman and fucking Rookie or some shit are like, you know, they're jousting and they're like, who wins? And you're like, oh, fuck. And then like I chose one of them and they both walked away like, yeah, nice. And I was like, oh, you're not like one of you is not going to be mad at me now. You're going to fucking hate me. We're going to start this whole like I wasn't locked into this like you're fucked scenario. Just Mm -hmm. choose who you want to hate you. Like it didn't feel like that at all. And I was nervous about that. But almost all the options I chose, if not all the options where everyone was like, nice, man, like thumbs up, extra hope for the next battle. We vibe in and they left. And I was just like, oh, wait, so this game is not aggressively trying to make me regret my entire life's choices. Cool. It doesn't have the intonations of Mass Effect under it, where it's like the red renegade option where you pound someone to the ground and call them a fucker, or the blue paragon option where you, you know, knight the person with, you know, a noble honor. Yeah. Like, everything is just kind of like varying degrees of like, huh, that worked out. Yeah, like, Which, even, yeah. even I mean, the first I like. Option, the first, uh, first, first yeah. choice in the Oregon Trail scenario where it was like, Jordario wants to go this way, but Hedwin wants to go this way. I was like, oh, man. Like, I'm going to piss someone off. No. No. Like, they noted a little, like, hey, I think we could have gone the other way. It would have been a little easier or some shit. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there was none of that guilt. So They kind of they kind of tease it on, like, the the uh, prior – or not the prior, the, um, the further loops that you do where, like – I remember, like, I didn't go with Joe Dario's choice for that, and you revisit it in a later loop, and she's like, yeah, remember when you didn't go my way? And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck, this yeah. is when it's going to come back to bite me. And then she's like, good times, those. And then it's I like, know. she walks off, chuckling to herself, and I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> we're good. Yeah, and I, I just, I don't want to undersell how awesome that is. I'm tired of games just telling me I'm an awful person because of every option on the on the available scorecard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that's nice. it's it's definitively not a lose lose situation, which 
um, every David Cage game feels like <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's that's some nice stuff. Um, yeah. Like I, I oh, think I, I just wanted to make just like one more note, I guess, before we move on. But I, I also just wanted to mention with like the mouse over text feature that I just really like in and I, I just say this on like a personal note, but like usually when it comes to high fantasy games, a lot of what turns me off to high fantasy games is the dense lore that is involved because I forget people's names or people's names start meshing together. Mm -hmm. And therefore when game game deciding decisions of who do you want to go with and they're like do you want to go with headwind or bedwind and you're just like oh god <laughs> they both sound similar i forget which is which and you just click on an option you're like oh fuck that's not the guy i wanted like that's also just something lovely about the mouse over yeah. like feature um but then also i think what's cool is then conversations can also flow more naturally because like i think at one point like rookie just uses jodario's nickname of jody but, like, they don't have to explain that Jody is Jodario's nickname because you can mouse over the name Jody and then Jodario's portrait comes up and you're like, ah, okay, mm -hmm. that is a nickname for her. Like, you can kind of figure that out yourself as opposed to being like, as we both know, we like to call you Jody <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or something Jody. like that. In, and then it's like Jodario in fucking brackets or some shit. You're like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's true. They do a lot of that here that's like subtle and it just it just is nice it's very interesting have you guys ever played uh god damn it i'm never gonna remember this name it's oh it's running through my tongue but the premise of this game is it's like an old school pc rpg style now it's a relatively new game but it's an old school pc style uh rpg and it's called tyranny Wow, that that no wonder there's a lot. Bring of, it back. Yeah, no wonder there's a lot of clouding in my mind around that name. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of context around tyranny these days, um, for us. But yeah, tyranny. It it's like a really quickly. It's just the premise of the game is that you're evil, and you're in sort of like I want to say like a Greek gods almost like world. But anyways, like you're evil and you're. Oh, trying. this is the Obsidian Entertainment game. Yeah, and one of the things that brought to you by the people that invented. Uh, fallout i believe i think so mm -hmm. i'll take your word for it sounds right to me yeah they, they also do this system in their dense rpg of like remembering uh like every time there's a person place or thing you know what i mean you can mouse over it and it tells yeah. you what it is yeah and um it is really helpful i wouldn't say it got me through the denseness of that game but you know yeah like it's this is this is definitely like a cool thing and i feel like it was kind of in vogue at this time um the games were starting to do this shit um and that's rad like that's just that's just so helpful please mm -hmm. especially because dude god forbid we come back like after a week you know what i mean who the fuck are any of these people and what the fuck is any of this stuff it's it's just so nice to have that um there mm -hmm. for us yeah mm -hmm. and okay so i'm i'm curious people did you like these characters on the outset or did you i mean obviously you could also not like them but or did you like them over time because from my experience i was like at first i was like who the fuck is everyone because my that's my reaction every time to new characters it takes me a little while to get <laughs> used to them um and i kept being like oh yeah like he's gonna fucking come back and do that shit again you know what i mean but then almost literally everyone i've been like oh yeah i know who you are now and once i got to know them took me a couple hours i like basically value all of their interactions mm -hmm. in their own way um, is that other people's experience? Were you guys like in right out the gate or, or how how'd it work? 
I seem to recall like I was immediately like, I love you, Hedwin. And then Hedwin's like, I'm in love with the girl back home. And I'm like, fuck. <laughs> no. no, where's my romance option? <laughs> fuck. All right, rookie. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, fuck it, Hedwin. You're going to get liberated first. I don't need you in my caravan anymore. Exactly. Yeah, send her home after the rejection. <laughs> Reasonable. Reasonable. But, uh, <laughs> yep. Um. I mean, like, I think... I'll marry Tizo. <laughs> exactly. He's really cute. Like, I, I do think a lot of the characters cute. just initially, like, the, to me, a lot of the characters came off as endearing. Um, I wouldn't say maybe right at the get-go, but, like, definitely after one or two interactions, I was like, okay, I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm totally in. Like, maybe the only one I can think of that I maybe, like, was a little bit, like, on guard for... Actually, there's two, I guess, that I'm, like, on guard for continually, which would be uh, Volfred. For some reason, uh, Volfred, I, whenever he pops up, I'm like, I don't know if I should trust you or yeah. not. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, I don't I mean, like the like... ridiculously <laughs> evil undertones of this guy he's got the he's got the evil hands going in his character portrait of like the fingers pressed together and you're just like that looks sinister well everything they do about um, him is pretty sinister also okay worth noting yes it's a spoiler podcast but also we've only played three loops up until this point so we're roughly halfway mm-hmm. we think so if he is we evil have we have no three idea people or attempted to liberate three people yeah yeah true so just worth worth pointing out there because like someone else might come in and go like ah oh, yes he was evil the whole time, didn't you know? And it's like, no, we don't know. Just so you know. Um, <laughs> I, he didn't come off as, like, evil or sinister to me. He came off as, like, complex somebody who thought a lot about things and is not telling you all of what he thinks. Mm-hmm. But that's sinister to me. Yeah, no, no, this yeah. is you Tell me everything. <laughs> I, I had the same reaction as Raphael hmm. to Volfred. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't... Yeah, I like, guess it's partially, like... He's clearly holding things back, and I don't trust that because I'm like, what? What is? What right. does he know that he's not telling us? But also, he's trying to mastermind um, a revolution against. Well, what? Yes, spoilers. spoilers. I, I was gonna yeah, say we're spoilers. spoilers. Oh yeah, we're well past spoilers. <laughs> he's trying to mastermind a revolution. Hashtag spoilers. Uh, no. Like Whatever. they use spoilers that yeah, right like against, halfway through the spoilers. The community. The Commonwealth. Yeah. The Commonwealth, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um Commonwealth is the high school that my brother went to. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean he he doesn't want this to leak, so he's being very That's careful true. about who knows. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. think he's for yeah, sure evil. Right. I just wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like is he the kind of guy where the ends justify the means? It kind of seems like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I, I think he's a, an interesting character. Things that turn me off of characters is mostly bad writing um, and and other bad choices. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Not calling the police. And Right, like not calling the police. Um, well, that was just bad writing, but um, yeah, I don't know. I I I like everybody. What about at least somewhat? What about Bertrude? Um, 
<laughs> I Bertrude, like Bertrude. I, I like Bertrude a lot. Bertrude is like weird and creepy. She's and super weird and creepy. She doesn't give a shit about any of these people. And she's just like this grumpy, but she angry does. woman. And well, I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> um, I don't think. I don't know. She's she's fun. I like her. Um, I like that Bertrude's also voiced, voiced by Logan Cunningham. If you want to know the range, <laughs> I like him too. Wow. Um, the harpy seems to be. Um, I don't know. I feel like I've seen the least of her character. Pamatha. Um, she is very guarded. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like her. Like, but. She- she seems to like play into tropes, but based on like the writing, it kind of feels like she's intentionally playing into those tropes to to maintain her guardedness. Yeah, um, and she does say, "Oh, they also give you this um kind of mind reader, mind reader esque capability where they just sort of lay it out." Like it, when she says to you, "There's like a very specific line that I will not remember," but the the gist of it was like. You know, listen, I'm keeping some shit to myself, but I will be fucking loyal to you for this. Like, this is some real shit. I will I will roll with you, basically. And the game essentially says you 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 feel the honesty of this. Mm-hmm. And like in a sort of definitive way. And so you you're not sure what yeah what will come of that exactly, but you can at least know the honesty. Um well you also know that the harps are conditioned to resist mind reading. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I and, trust her slightly less now. <laughs> and when when you do occasionally go into her, her mind, she's basically just saying, like, get out, get out, get yeah. out, get out, get out. Yeah. Except the one time where she was like, look, you want to listen to what's in my mind? I'm currently thinking about whether I should kill all of you or not. And then she smiles at you and walks away. And you're like, thumbs up. Yeah. I um yeah. I was I was I think oh, Rookie and Sir Gilman rubbed me the wrong way a bit at the start. Uh but as I got to understand their characters more I warmed up to them. Yeah, I also I didn't fair. like Sir Sir Gilman yeah. at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But now I'm a big fan. Talk about Sir Gilman like playing into stereotypes or tropes or whatever right it's like it's (laughs) so like yeah okay he's gonna be this guy but then like he does it honestly it's a really endearing and like good version of that guy yeah Yeah. because there are cracks and he's just trying his fucking best and this is how he thinks he can try his fucking best Mm -hmm. and you know i think at least me as a human being but maybe all of us when you see a motherfucker trying their best it's like and they, I kind of like an interesting twist to it because he's a worm and, and he's earnestly, like one yeah. of what, like eight million other ones. So he's like just trying to stand out, you know. I don't know. I think that's like a nice twist to like, I am a knight. I am honorable. Let's put it this I'm way. very enthusiastic and like kind of not kind of clueless and but like a bumbling knight character. They kind of, yeah. they kind of, they do a little remix there. If you think about I, I, him in the context of, yes, there's eight million other worms and he's trying to stand out and then you take that. Like, I wish the 8 million worms that were trying to stand out in influencer culture would take as much of an honorable stance as him. Mm. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, like, I think... What did you, what did you guys name the Manic Pixie Dream Girl? <laughs> oh, yeah, the... Like, 
on in the wiki she's called the vagabond i called her shay we called her may shay the shy i called her Faye. yeah i, may. I like Faye. there was yeah i thought Faye, may and i guess shay were like the ones i, I thought were like Faye. legit um there was some in there Raphael. that i did not think were legit this <laughs> oh james also did Faye. yeah you guys are yeah. nice you're naming twinsies mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and so she was cool as well uh but there is this you know function of this game where you're gonna send someone back and so for us we sent her back first and so we got to hear a little bit more about her but not as much right i'm sure there was many more interactions with her that we missed after having sent her back yeah definitely yeah oh yeah yeah well yeah that that's the main thing right like so the whole point of this game is that you're conducting these rites all going all culminating towards a uh, you know, at the end of each loop is a liberation right where you get to decide who amongst your roster will get to go back to the Commonwealth uh, from exile. And so, yeah, it's um, it's it's a cool concept. And actually, like, Supergiant Games was saying, like, they, they want to play with this concept of, like, football teams and player retirement <laughs> of, like... I love it. You know, their inspiration they're just... for this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they, they 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 said that they it's wanted to. It's not a sports game. Yeah. <laughs> but but like but that was the that was the aspect of sports that they wanted to convey is like you have your star player, but your star player is getting old, or like you know they're like because I think also like as you play these people like if you play them too much they get sick or ill mm-hmm. but you also hear about their uh, their hopes and dreams post liberation. And so you have to decide each and every time you complete a loop, okay, which of us is going to go back? Because as soon as you liberate somebody, they are gone from your roster for the rest of the game. So then you have to, there's kind of this moral choice you have to make of, okay, well, I would really like, you know, Jodariel has a really good case for like needing to go back. She's growing these horns that have been growing since exile. She's been in exile for 16 years. Yeah. That's a long time. But like, sorry, Jodariel, you're our best player and you're staying until exactly. the very end. And then we're going to send you back <laughs> in a blaze of glory. Yeah, she's like, going back last. McCoy and I <laughs> immediately were like, well, we can't send her back until we'll, we will send her back. She Her moment will come. Yeah, but well, you um, can't separate the three right that was their goal was to leave together so right right and we're going to honor mm-hmm. that pact it's just that jadariel is too good she has to stay she's incredible for sure so i think more than just a moral choice it's also a gameplay choice yes. and to me this was like their reinterpretation of the eat your veggies yes i'm glad you brought it out Raphael, because yes. mccoy and i have been uh, thinking which, about it for all yes. week yeah we all hated on this uh, for Transistor, but I feel like they actually really executed this well yeah. in Pyre. Because mm-hmm. uh, although you you have this element of like forced rotation, you also have a lot of more influence in it. Like, yes, you're going to have to choose one of your top three to send home yeah. and lose them. But it's like, it gives you some time to plan around it and adjust, and you kind of get this rotating strategy through the rest of the game anyway because uh as you like face different opponents like different strengths will be like more impactful than others um i would say actually once you fight uh the true nightwings jodariel actually is not very good in that battle mm-hmm. uh because her whole edge is her huge aura. right and aura 
Orlex. And Orlex Aura. Orlex. Yeah, Orlex Aura is even yeah. better. Yeah, and... yeah, I got totally fucked by that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did want to, like, go into this Eat Your Vegetables point here because, boy, we got to go into it. So I was thinking about it a lot. I'm curious if you guys think this is the way. But as opposed to it being a restriction on you just, like, because – or like yeah it's it's not punishing your failure in fact it's like almost celebrating your success exactly. in this really like yes. bittersweet way yes. well you are retiring sure, really god tier yeah. players is what you're doing yeah that's what you're doing Aaron rogers is retiring guys yeah but after a story <laughs> exactly. career mm-hmm. or with an and then on top of that it's it is the way that the story is is intertwined whether or not you feel that there is necessity to connect these two worlds or that they absolutely you know in terms of gameplay and story like if you allow yourself to let this world flow together between these two gameplay pieces right um you have other outside the game intentions as to why you're playing different rosters all the time you're you are leveling them up so you can get them to the point where you can send them if you want to send them for story reasons and i was like oh like, that's how you get me to do variety is you actually make me give a shit mm-hmm. um, about it. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you you, you say this person needs to go for, like, reasons outside of the game. Like, and I say this kind of obviously that was a little flippant. But what I mean about it is, like, um, this game does not ask you to optimize the game so intensely that fuck story, fuck characters, everyone can play together. Like, this is just the most OP squad, even though these characters hate each other, whatever. Like, no, it actually wants you to, like, think about the story and the characters and their intentions and what you want to do with them. Do you want to send them back? Are they a key member of your squad? Like, when do you want to do this? And so there's all this outside of the game crafting that at least we were doing in order to make the story fit well to us as we're driving it and that's leading to this variety and it's leading to this variety because we we actively want to play different characters and different styles to get different story outcomes and to get the world to go the way we want it to go so it's just such a different thing than really just being forced on you um mm-hmm. and i think Mara, yeah, make I a think good point. It, oh sorry Zoe. go for it oh i was gonna say like i i think it also helps like the with this eat your veggies approach and that there's like there's this incentive to have that roster rotation as well with the inspiration mechanic where it's like um because let me know if you guys have heard this one before but like you're playing pokemon you have your starting six you're catching like a billion other pokemon but you're just storing them and they're so under leveled for the area that you just kind of have to like sideline them for like the whole game because there's no way you're going to be like, you know, grinding this character to get to level 60 or whatever. Like that is my biggest complaint with roster based games is like, well, I'm going to have my starting roster that is just going to get so OP that I, I'm not going to want to get into these characters that are still level one, level two, et cetera. Um, But they do introduce that inspiration mechanic where, you know, this character will gain a greater you know an exponentially greater amount of xp you know the longer that they're sidelined so that they can make greater leaps and bounds when you finally play them Mm -hmm. yes um which is really great think about this system though because it's actually been applied first of all small fun pokemon's 
fact, uh, if you send your level one Pokemon first and then immediately switch them, they'll get half the XP. And that's the only way to ever level anything in ever meaningful way, at least in the early Pokemons <laughs> that I played. But this system, though, this inspiration, uh, or for me, I was thinking of as rested XP, is also something that I was first introduced in World of Warcraft. And they were doing it in a very, very different way. And this is World of Warcraft when it first came out. This is all the way back in the day, where they were trying to solve human beings falling behind other human beings in this way. So in other words, if I am rolling with my friends and then I fall out of the starting roster because I have other shit to do, I will never catch up with them. And so what they would do is if you logged out at like inns or whatever, like essentially bonfires mm -hmm. or whatever, you would get this slowly but surely accruing like multiplier to your XP for a time in order for you to catch up. And it is the same thing here. And it's just a really interesting and cool system all the way, to the way around. And I was like, oh, wow, they, this is a thing from, from literally from World of Warcraft. And I don't know what it's from and I wouldn't claim to know what it's from, but it is really interesting how this system clearly has impacts here on the rosters, but also impacts on even players keeping, like um, catch up with each other. Um, it's just an interesting concept. Like, actually, a lot of games could really benefit from this. I mean, it doesn't really matter as much what you unlock in Valorant. It does, it doesn't. But, like, there's a world where not having played as much as your friends could give you a multiplier to your XP. So when you do come back, you do catch up faster. Like, these are just really cool and interesting ways of of keeping people together uh, or rosters together. So, yeah, super cool system. Um, And, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I was going to say, guys, like, the reason why all of this, well, let's put it this way. If Adam had brought this game to us, it would be a different game and it would only be the gameplay and it would only be basketball, right? And it would be an indie game that exists in our, in our fictional world that's just the gameplay and it has no story components and it has a roster of 15 basketball players or 10 basketball players or whatever with different abilities. And we probably all would have played it a couple of times and would have been like, oh, this is interesting and not really had a lot of incentive to try out different comps or whatever because we were like, it's fun or whatever, and we would have been done. But because they wrapped that game with just so much story and character and development and reasons for playing with people and reasons why you don't feel bad playing characters you haven't played and amulets that you're leveling up between the game and a currency system and because they wrapped all this around the actual rights gameplay like it's an entirely different thing like an entirely transformative thing like can you imagine the just gameplay version of this where you have a character select screen where they're all unlocked at the beginning and you just play this for an hour or two and call it a day i mean that is what this game would be if not for super giant games is everything else that they bring I, th I think it also helps that this game doesn't really have a game over screen yet I guess like you can lose rights uh but the loss of a right your your characters will still gain the XP you'll never fall behind the curve for it either um and in fact they have a way of like uh the main writer Greg Gasavin was saying there is a way that he has written the game where if you literally lose every single right from the first one all the way till the end of the game the story is written in such a way where that will make sense. Huh. Um, 
which I think is also just a really cool thing. Like, I think it was on the loading screen. One of like the in-game tips was just like, there is no failure. Failure is like merely the unwillingness to go on. And I was like, huh. Yeah. That's a lovely message where it's just like, literally failure is just if you force quit the game. Like they, they were basically just really trying hard not to make you sweat. Like, I think that's also just kind of their encouragement of having you rotate the roster a lot because the consequence of losing isn't nearly as dire um, as, you know, like, yeah, it's not like you like you lose a right and therefore the whole game just leaves you in the dust. Right. You're, you're and, always and, building up. Yeah. And actually, like, on top of this, I think it's actually technically optimal to lose in some cases. Mm. Um. Because the first time a character loses, they gain additional XP. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't know, bros. Haven't lost a match. <laughs> um, oh, you shit. knew but, that Bragg was going to come out at some point during no, this but, podcast. But it's interesting because this is... You can think of the balance in this game in the same way you can think of esports and tournament structure. This is a league format, right? And the exact reason why it's more friendly to us in the fact that you can lose a game. Okay, not just esports have leagues. Right, but like, in fact, they took it from sports, sports. from real sports. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> I like the terms traditional and non-traditional sports. I like the terms real and e. <laughs> um, Yo, e- because even though more. I watch a shitload more esports than real sports. Uh, I think it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. <laughs> no, okay. I'm just I'm just making the comparison because I think that's maybe more salient here among this group. Um, but maybe it isn't. Who knows? But what I mean to say is that like okay, fair enough. For yeah. the no, but for the 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 exact reasons why league formats can produce kind of meaningless games, or it can be okay for people to lose in the middle of a league, is the exact reason. And you can sit there and critique that in the esports space, right? But then you look at it here in this space and you're the player who is not perfect and is not going for your literal, like, this game is not um, my professional esports career. Don't know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be nice if I could lose some shit and not freak the fuck out. Um, so it is, is like, it's like friendly to us in that way. Um, mm. Yeah. So it's it's kind of the inverse in that way and interesting. Like this, for instance, is not one giant tournament. Um where you where there's no loser's bracket and you're like what the fuck and you just end end game screen and just leave <laughs> like that um is hilarious and also another thing by the way uh, on top of what Zoe was saying is that they also reference uh when you're when you're actually going to be performing like the final rite of a loop and you're potentially going to be sending someone back to the commonwealth they're like especially when um Wolfred's talking about how like there is a limited amount of loop spoilers no just kidding um we did talk about that a lot uh but yeah like there's gonna be like limited amounts of loops and like you are only gonna have so many chances to send people back right it it, it produces this sense of like fear of like i really got to make this count and then to be really nice to you they're like but if you do lose though it's gonna be chilling i'm just trying to say that you're not gonna be able to send everyone back before the stars go but if you fail i think we're gonna give you the same amount of you know, sends, you're going to get more, tra- don't worry, but worry, because it's awesome and it's really important. But if you don't worry, like, did you guys hear that? Mm-hmm. They're like, they definitely like waffle just slightly to be kind to the player there. Um, trying to, yeah, trying to figure out how to write in canonically that it's 
a limited number of liberations on your part <laughs> that you have left, not a total amount of liberation rights that you have left. Yeah. I think it is actually a total number of liberation rights. Panic. Everyone panic. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was but my I mean, impression. <laughs> but I mean, like, it, it is still a valid ending of the game to, to lose all of them as mm-hmm. Zoe, right? You said... Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because also I, I, I think this is another cool part, but the, the people that you're up against also have story themselves, mm-hmm, which right. I also think is really cool. You know, I think they, they, they do try their best to have you have maybe not like just try to garner a little bit of empathy towards the opposing side who is also trying to fight for their freedom. Yep. So, you know, you have... The first one is against Ignarius, the demon, and he's just like, oh, I fuck it. I don't know if my wife will ever remember me if I make it back. And you're just like, oh, no. Well, you're not making it back, dude. I'm sorry. (laughs) Or um, at least at least for me, my big thing was uh, my second loop. I was liberating Jodariel and uh, I was against the um, Tamitha, the falcon, the essence. And in the middle of my right, I have their pyre down to maybe 25% health left. And Pamitha, who's not even fighting in my right, but she just pops in and she's just like, please, reader, please lose this one for my sister so my sister can be free. And I'm just like, any other liberation, I'd do this, but this is fucking Jodariel's liberation. <laughs> you don't dare. Like, yeah. <laughs> she's going free, goddamn. But, like, but they do try to instill that sort of, like, that... Uh, I want to say like moral mercy. ambiguity. Yeah, yeah, that mercy. Yeah. Exactly. Of just like my the only reason like my sister is here is because of me. Please let my sister go free. And I'm just like, but your true Dario will never forgive me for this if I let her do that. Right. So sorry. <laughs> Joe Dario's getting liberated. Right. And like and like but, Dalbert, yeah. right? Yeah. The, the dog, really the old, old dog. dog and his son. And he, like, his son has all these exclamations of, like, no, like, fuck that. Like, we're getting free. Like, we're beating you. Like, you suck. And he's, like, no. Like, they are here fighting the same battle we are. Like, they're the same as us. Like, and, you know, and there's, like, there's a great little piece of text where they talk about how he struggles to get his max mask off. And you're, like, man, yeah, fuck. Yeah, sad. But then <laughs> after you beat them, because obviously we, we didn't let them win, um, there's also a line about, like, you know, what would be the point of being free if we could not be together? I know. Which, by the way, again, is the exact point where you would put in a line to just make someone feel bad about everything if you were that type mm-hmm. of game, right? <laughs> but instead, they make you feel good. They're like, hey, actually, they, they walked off together, and that's actually lovely. And you're like, wow. Again, thank you. Mm-hmm. So, yes, absolutely. <laughs> there is all this story from the other teams and what they're up to. And it's lovely. Like, all this stuff is is adding so much more. Like, again, like I, I keep trying to stress, like – this could have been just a gameplay game. I mean, it never could have if it came from Supergiant, but you know what I'm saying? In mm-hmm. another world, this could have been just a basketball game with maybe some pixel art or something like that and some somewhat evocative character art. But instead, they tie so much in that we've spent an hour and 30 minutes and we're basically just talking about the story and not even the game yet. And that game is mm. supporting this thing. This is what we're talking about. The characters, the interactions, the... I mean, just everything supports that as opposed to the other way around. It's the, the story is by no means window dressing on this game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why when mm-hmm. someone says it's a basketball game, 
they're so far off, even though they're close, but they are so far off because the basketball is almost window dressing for this. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I totally agree. And I wish that my body and brain would see it that way. But um, when I play this game and I play a match, um, my entire being is like, next match, next match. <laughs> um, and then I was literally getting angry every time it was like, new page, new page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And like the dialogue like window of like, there's somebody in the caravan who wants to talk to you. Every single time one of those little things would come up, I was like literally getting mad. Yeah. Um, because my whole body was like, I got to go beat someone else. I got to do it. I got to do it. Yeah. And like, that's a personal failing. <laughs> <laughs> well, but James, tell me this. Is it not also a testament to that you actually had fun with the, the, the space jam fucking goddamn it, NBA jam section of this game and you wanted to play more of it maybe <laughs> per minute than they were giving you? Like, is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. yeah a good thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. And I. I absolutely loved the story, or I I love it. I I mean, it's still going. I'm only halfway through or whatever. Um, I love the visual novel that they've written. Um, but I cannot engage with it as deeply as I would like to because it makes me mad. Because it's like, it's like throwing up walls in front of the next, like, I don't know, actiony, mm-hmm. like adrenaline hit. Yeah. James, I have a question. Um, Do you think that your draw to the actiony adrenaline parts is because you've been playing so much Valorant with McCoy? Like, is it ruining? I mean, I you? think that's part of it. Well, <laughs> I it's I think that's part of it. But. Um, but no, not just that. Like, I, I mean, I think one of the reasons that I'm drawn to games in general is that I enjoy. Like um, the pressures on situation. Like intense adrenaline situations. Yeah. I I mean, I like, I like playing sports in real life for the same reason. And I would add on to that, that, I mean, if anyone has queued with James or have him be a party leader, he loves to hit next queue. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like he just loves to get back yeah. in the action. He's the fastest. Yeah, he's yeah. the fastest queue in the West. Yeah, in the West. yeah absolutely. Same and so, joke. no, but That's totally. No, but like again, like I know this is a silly comparison, but like yes, if Valorant had this level of story that we all had to page through between yeah. our matches, we'd be like, what the fuck? Um, and I definitely yeah. can um, empathize or sympathize or whatever or acknowledge what James is saying here. I too at times was like, oh, I just got the hang of this comp right now. Mm-hmm. I'm vibing. Like, give me another rep. Um, and it that is counter to kind of the way they want you to play this game because they really do drip feed you this gameplay just to make sure you're not bored on it. They do so much to make sure you don't oversaturate yourself with mm-hmm. the gameplay. And I can see that tuned for some as being way too little because it's fucking fun yeah i will say because i feel like someone has to say it like you can actually play more of this game mode if you go visit sandra in the orb 
But it is 100% not the yeah, same but... thing. And I think we should just put it aside. I just felt like someone had to, like, if you really wanted to play more, they do give you a way. It's just not the same because you're not playing against, like, a real, yeah. a real But you don't, you don't get PvP rewards for that. And practice. Mm-hmm. You don't get rewards for that. Like, you don't. Yeah, you don't level up or The anything. numbers don't go up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing that matters. Right. You know, right. like that that matters so little to me, like practice mode. Yeah. Matters so little to me. I've never touched it. Yeah. Right? It's not progression um, really. Yeah. It's not. It's right. kind it's of like stalling out the game because you just want to play it because you want to figure out that comp. But we've only done it once and we didn't yeah. even get the whole way through. But um it is technically there. And this is not a one-size-fits-all for everyone, um, but, like, what we've found, like, the same thing. So multiplayer games started doing this a while back because keep in mind, multiplayer games used to just be, like, you just played or whatever the fuck. But now they have progression systems built in. That's why everyone has a battle pass. And battle passes is, is the worst version of what initially came out for Call of Duty 4, which was, an like, an actual, like, go-do-challenges mode that was, like, super fleshed out for each gun and would give you all sorts of awesome stuff. But the point is progression built into this stuff is just a lovely addition, and we humans fucking love that shit. And so, upside, you love that shit. Downside, it makes everything else seem like nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's just the truth. That's that's just in the multiplayer space right now. Like, games that don't have progression systems in their multiplayer at all, are they better be the best fucking game ever. They had better be, seriously. You better love playing that game more than anything else because it is not giving you those numbers, bro. And people love those numbers. And, and like, I'm saying this all kind of like, again, like flippantly, but no, this is some real shit. Like, are you guys hitting the practice mode a lot? <laughs> Haven't touched yeah, it. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so fair play. Um, I would say, James, if you weren't playing for th- this for the podcast, maybe you would be okay with skipping some of this dialogue now and again and just getting into the next fight. Although it feels like such a heartbreaking thing to do with this game in particular that drops so many fucking gems all over the place. Honestly, I feel like if I wasn't playing for this for the podcast, I would, um, like, after each battle, like, stand up, walk around, get a drink of water, and then sit down and do reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, literally, like, cool off <laughs> so that I can switch modes yeah. into reading a book mode. Um but I can't reasonably do that and also, you know, do anything else and get this done for the podcast. Um, I do think, I just, too, like they do. I can't. Sorry. They do give you a lot. I was going to say, I, I can't plan my week well enough. Yeah. That's yeah, all. Yeah, that requires say. like some serious <laughs> adult life skills. Well, but that's just reps, right? Like, we're all getting the reps in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and as our lives change, we yeah, all yeah. need to essentially reassess. Yeah. Um, plus, right. as Elena has mentioned a bunch of times, there was a winning is good that went around, and it basically, like, we're just going to play Valon for nine hours every fucking day. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't think I signed up for round. nine hours True. every day. Well, but okay. Uh, you might have. <laughs> yeah, that was a binding contract. But you sorry, know who what you're were dating. You say? Um, I was just going to say that one thing I've been really impressed with about this game, but I think also kind of goes to James's point, is that there is a lot of story in this. Yeah. Like, every time you move, Mm -hmm. there's a new person to go talk to in the wagon, and there's a new kind of, like, story character building interaction. Every time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think about it in terms of, like, a game like this versus... I'm sorry, Skyrim. I was going to throw you under the bus again. A game like Skyrim 
or just kind of any other like big AAA titles that goes for sort of wide instead of deep. Um, that this game goes really deep with their characters, and there's always an interaction there. There's always good writing there. There's always something new, and it. I kept kind of like waiting for it to let up because it seemed like it wasn't sustainable, but they've kept it going. Um, and I really, I mean, I'm impressed with that. And I kind of applaud like their dedication to making this game really fully fleshed and like fully realizing all of the characters and all of the little story pieces that they wanted to pull in. Um, Cause I think like so many games kind of like go really super wide and there's like, it's a 12 hour game, but you're going to like talk to this character three times or that's like a bold, that's a, it's way overdone, but this game like really gives you a lot there. Um, I wasn't I wasn't expecting that to last as long as it had. I kind of thought we would like right, get to yeah. know the characters and then like we just go do battle. Right, yeah, like I I think like the only thing for this game that was I guess quote unquote spoiled for me prior to me ma- like playing this game and actually like upon first impressions it was kind of a turn off was like oh like you you're just going to you're going to pick a player from your roster to liberate. And like, but I I think my impression was that it was only going to be one for the entire game. And I was like, well, that sucks. Mm -hmm. Like (laughs) picking one. But like, now that I am aware that it is this loop system and there is a chance to get a majority of your roster out there, like they do have to spend a lot of time, I guess, building each and every person's case enough so that it does Mm -hmm. make you stop and think about the implications um about this because and i i also just kind of like want to go around here like everyone's thought processes with liberating because like just from like the like i guess like snippets here and there that i've heard like it feels like a lot of us are approaching the liberation rights very differently um either because we're doing it from like a, a technical standpoint of you know roster building like i know i for one I'm just making that decision very, very story-based where, you know, the first per like, it's like the ones who I feel like have the motivation to go to the Commonwealth, but also like people who, in my eyes, deserve to go to the Commonwealth. Mm-hmm. Like, that is what I've done. So as a result, I've liberated the main three, Ruki, Jodariel, and Hedwin. Mm-hmm. All of those three are out for me. Uh, I'm now with the, you know, with the bunch of pickups that that I've uh, had along the way. And now I'm like, you know, but but like I'm at that stage now going into this fourth loop where these non-main three characters have still built up such a case with me yeah. where these um, these preceding uh liberation rights are going to be very difficult for, for me to decide who to pick especially now that i know that it's limited mm-hmm. um which i just think is a great testament to just the writing in this because you could easily go well okay i know these three the best i'm always going to choose these three and then the rest of the group i don't even care because they're not as old to the story like but they do do their best to be like, okay, yes, like Shay was the first pickup that you had, but you also picked up Panatha, and Panatha has quite a story. Like, yeah. I think the way that they juggle each and every person's story and try to have you build the empathy for each character so that they're they're even able to play on a level playing field, uh, no pun intended, is like a great, great writing. 
Indeed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we all are going to sit there because, okay, the other thing I was thinking about, I was thinking about it. I haven't had this feeling in fucking years, but I was listening to the fucking, the story parts of this game and I was reading the fucking graphic novel and I was like, I want to play a JRPG. This reminds Mm -hmm. me of a JRPG where like the character is like, you know, they have their little splash splash screen and they come up and they talk to you and they say shit and they're like, you know, we're going to fight for the promised land. Like we're going to do this. And like, you and you like find your squad and I wanted to go do like menu based battles or whatever and like just go see um and pick my my you want a jrpg with good writing yeah and it could (laughs) totally exist and i was like holy shit this is it it's just there's basketball instead um but i think super well said though zoe like in the sense that like we in my jrpg situations and in my pokemon situations my all my situations i pick my squad Mm -hmm. right we all pick our squad and they just i think it's it's just really good characters. They just have really good characters here. So even if you don't, they aren't your absolute favorite, they're all like quality enough in their own way that you're like down to to interact with them. And because they tie it into this overarching story of like, here is your meta progression. Here's what you're actually trying to do. It's like, you have to make do with what you have. Like we as a unit, all of us on the wagon are trying to accomplish this goal. And so we're going to have to all work together to do this. And I I love that aspect. Like that aspect to me is so awesome because, you know, we often pick the, our favorites and roll. But like there's – it reminds me – dude, it reminds me of like when we would all play like esports in college and stuff like that. Where it's like, yeah, okay, like we could all like separately go – like you remember like the fucking uh, – the league leagues – that existed there where it was like okay here's like the really good players and then like here's like the not so good players but like what really we wanted was just to play with our squad regardless of skill it wasn't really about skill it was just about rolling with what you have Mm -hmm. and so you could optimize and say well i'll just go find an online team of people exactly my skill and i'll go get higher rank but it isn't really about that it's like these are these are this is your squad and and they feel that way to you, and I eventually felt that way to them. Like, okay, we're gonna make this work. We, the the group here in this wagon. Do you know what I mean? And that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So, okay, Elena, what was our strategy? Well, we pretty quickly identified that Jadariel was like the greatest, and that she was gonna need to stay with us. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that will always be, but we're very committed to sending her back eventually but not yeah. right now she is essentially the veteran on the squad that ushers the new people in she's a cornerstone to our strategic play and she is essentially doing that sort of motion that people do when they're like get, it's like a military motion of like jump out the side of this uh airship or something go 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 go, go. she's doing that to everyone else she is she is the captain she is the captain, captain jodario yes. yeah so she doesn't go yet but if but i'm, I'm i haven't told i haven't cleared this with Lenny yet but mm-hmm. if things look dicey Oh she's yeah, she's go. going. Oh yeah, yeah, she's going, and we can accept what that means. For sure, like we, she may yeah. go. Now that we know things are ending, she might go next. We'll see. Yeah. But so, anyways, we sent back May first, is what we called her. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't totally remember our reasoning for that. I think we essentially were sure what we was were like, happen. we weren't sure what was going on, and we didn't want to send back any of the main three yet. And we were like, well, we'll send back someone who we like, but we maybe don't use a ton, but we use quite a bit actually. I don't use know enough, but it wasn't. We weren't. We weren't. You can only send back your top three. Yeah. Uh, enlightened. So we had advice. used her so quite a bit. You had to use her a lot. So we did use her, but it wasn't like the main three characters. Yeah. Um, maybe that was it. And it was that we didn't know what was going to happen. We wanted to have someone who 
<laughs> may win in us bait yes. <laughs> sort of yeah yes. and but also like you know she was like young or like send her back i don't know we sent her back first <laughs> and then the next once we kind of figured out more of what was going on and we understood more of the the deal and kind of just i don't know sort of our own minds we sent back headwin well, so that's the thing. We didn't play with Hedwin because right. Hedwin is a uh, jack of all trades character, and I think those fucking suck. Because have you seen <laughs> how fast those characters can run? Oh my god, you are totally like selling that's him super short. Fair. He's a support character. He buffs the entire fucking yeah. team. He's amazing. Yeah, but have you heard of running really fast? <laughs> yeah, we run a dual striker squad. Uh, well, we run um, all sorts of squads, but okay, that's awesome. I'm glad to see that he can do that because for me i was like he at the start at least feels so middle of the road and i'd rather have someone that has a strength at first um and yeah. we, we did sense use him as a support character mm-hmm. but it was super cool but also we're like you know in terms of like the plan he seems like he's solid like he could get shit done yeah. and he definitely deserves to go back he's one of the main three we're, and then we're committed to sending him back and then the last one we did we sent back rookie because we love him. Mm-hmm. And because we are ensuring that the three make it to the other side. Mm-hmm. And also, adding on top of this, there are some characters that may not want to go. Like, Tizo doesn't seem to necessarily even want to go. He's from here. And, like... Bertrude explicitly says, I don't care about yeah. freedom. Yeah. I'm just here for the Yeah, plan. and, like, I feel like it might not be a good thing to release her on the yeah, commonwealth. Ma- McCoy refuses <laughs> to send Bertrude back no matter what. It's just like if there was a like whoops she accidentally killed a bunch of people <laughs> like it would be her I guess if someone was going to do that so so anyway so that's kind of our logic but True. moving forward I'm not totally <laughs> sure what our strats are. Yeah now that we know it's ending I feel like we need to which is the that was the mm. point of that twist right is like oh you think you know what's happening here reevaluate your strategies it's you can't send everybody back. Yeah. And so we're we're trying to create the rest of the hierarchy, but yeah. And like, is Volfred when I gonna so, go? That's right. Are we gonna have to send him back? Probably. We'll see. Probably. Mm. <laughs> what about you, James? I started with Hedwin because I was like, you seem reliable, and also go find your love and be happy. And then I sent back Tizo because Wally's super cute. Um. I didn't like using him. Um, <laughs> and then I sent back Joe Dario because I was like, you seem like you can get this plan to happen. Just like hit it with your horns <laughs> and it'll work. Um, and uh, yeah. So those three. Um, so are you also, mainly like making the decisions based though. off of like you not wanting to play with them in the future? Like, so with Tizo, um, it sounded like you were just like, I hate Tizo's moveset. Get him out of here. I don't even want to consider him. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I was like, uh, I love you, Tizo, but like, I, I'm not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not working for me. Um, yeah. Um, it's not me. It's not you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, I don't know. I don't know who I'm going to send back next. Um, probably not Rookie. Probably not Faye. 
um, because I need people that like fire beams in a straight line <laughs> so that my brain works. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure. We did get to see James tilt over Sir Gilman's uh, aura cast. Dude, Sir Gilman, Gilman is... Dude, it's so... It's so I, good, I can't... But it's so good, run. but it's simultaneously so bad. It's it's so different from everything yes, else. It is. That and it's it's hard to switch to it and yeah. And it's no. really finicky. It's like not you have to be very like weirdly precise and like unfortunately the controls are like just um what's the term? They're a little um, slippery. Yeah, slippery enough that it it makes it like really Okay. Um, Quick question. Sometimes. Are you playing on a mouse and keyboard? Or are you playing on a controller? Absolutely, I'm playing on a mouse and keyboard. Okay. Okay, I imagine everyone um, else is too. Okay. Mm -hmm. so, so, fair enough. And I'm sure that there's plenty of things that the mouse are better for, like all sorts of aiming related things. That makes total sense to me. I will say movement is legit on a joystick. You can make all sorts of curves and, uh, like, do sorts of, yeah, like curves specifically. Like, you can control your momentum and, like, fling yourself around corners and stuff. In a really elegant way. So right. it's not wasted movement cool. with the uh, keyboard. Cool. It's it's yeah, mouse movement. Cool. Yeah, it's like hmm. it's very yeah. league based actually, where it's clicking to move to the cursor. Very nice. Interesting. Mm -hmm. That's very cool. Mm -hmm. uh, the one clunky thing I did find with it is it's very hard to salute with mouse and keyboard yes. controls because because that's. It will continue moving towards the last point you clicked when you lift the mouse, and you cannot salute Ooh. until you stop moving. Hmm. Uh, the reason that matters, uh, because we haven't really talked about the mechanics no. at all, uh, is that some of the like rank-up abilities that characters can get actually trigger off of these like salute taunts. So, for example, Jodario have... gets one where she does like 10 extra mm -hmm. damage to the fire if she salutes 7 Within seven seconds before hitting so it. So baller. <laughs> so baller. Yeah. I've yeah, I think Sir Gilman intentionally like, avoided all salute, of those moves. But if you salute with Sir Gilman, everything freezes on the map for like three seconds or something, Whoa. which may seem like terrible because it freezes your characters as well. But in some of the more chaotic situations, it was very nice to just press pause for a second, be like, breathe. <laughs> okay now we go again <laughs> like now i know what i'm doing yeah that's awesome and there's like a lot of mechanics and stuff that we could talk about but but, but well let's talk yes. to raf about what he's liberated yeah. so my liberation strategy is all about the plan like i'm on the same wavelength as volfrid like <laughs> i i i want freedom um and i actually came to this in an interesting way because he, he sort of asks you like what does freedom mean to you and I kind of like was ambivalent for a while. And then I said, well, freedom is an illusion. Like it doesn't really matter. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry to hear you say that to me. Like freedom means like the ability to live without mm -hmm. fear that no one will come after you for what you are or what you like to do or no. And that was just like such a powerful statement that I was like, okay, I'm on board. Oh, it means that. <laughs> Sorry, I just say I, I don't know what I said. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And so that that was a really cool moment, actually. Um, but so yeah, I'm I'm trying to maximize the plan, and so 
I sent Hedwin first because I'm like, okay, he's what pulled this whole team together in the first place. Surely he can do the same on the other mm-hmm. side. Like he'll be instrumental in setting the foundations for the plan. Uh, I sent Rookie next uh, because it's like he has a very different set of skills from Hedwin, uh, but they're also like primarily about organization. Um, then I sent Jodariel because. I think, like, in the context of the other two characters, she really, like, Mm -hmm. rounds it out. I mean, there's a reason they're the first three I think you're introduced to. Uh, As for who I send next, I'm still thinking about that. Um, I think Bertrude actually might be a really strong choice. Interesting. Why? Just because? Um... Because she has access to the crones, like, Mm -hmm. and she has all of these, like, this important knowledge and abilities, like, uh, she helped Volfred escape capture for a decade, and she supplied him with flame-resistant inks that kept his, like, book production Mm -hmm. going. Like, she's got skills. Yeah, I mean, she sounds like the ultimate resistance person. She did trick out your caravan very uh <laughs> very That being well. said, like she's also really fun to play with, so I'm like, Yeah, oh. yeah. of course. <laughs> they get you. Yeah. She yeah. also in one of the particular uh like sections of land or whatever that you're walking through, she also stops you from losing hope by like essentially devising like a potion or something for your squad. Yeah, she shows you how to not not mm-hmm. feel bad about being in that place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Which she knows cool. shit clearly. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And so, hear me out here, guys. This is an on-the-fly decision. But we've got a little bit more of this game to play for next week. What if we leave it here? We could get into gameplay and and finishing the story and just how we finish this out next week, and we leave it on a high note. We've definitely talked a lot about this game, and I think we've talked about what jumped on it for us first, and I think that's really interesting, and I hope the listeners understand that there's so much more than basketball here, but maybe next week we'll get into the basketball. And finish the story. What do you guys think? Yeah, yeah, I think that's. I'm excited to finish this game. I was not expecting this coming in, but I'm I'm enjoying it. Me too. I'm ready to go. Yeah, I I'm definitely in agreement with you guys for sure. Like, I think, and I might have actually like maybe come off in like previous podcasts like this, but like I just always was just like, oh, like Pyre, it's just so different. It's just the game, like it's the game that everyone forgot about and so i was just kind of coming into this being like we're just gonna play it and finish it and say it was a game but i'm very pleased with what i've played so far in fact i honestly i completed our stopping point of the three loops like on friday and i was like it took all every fiber (laughs) of my being not to play further than that uh, for the next week um So I'm excited to, you know, get back into it and, you know, finish it off. And, and this is a perfect example of a game. And this sounds super silly, but this is why I want to play games like Fallout 76. And I know that's Just like... Just in case. No, because sometimes the gaming industry and the sphere is not the way I feel. Do you understand? Yeah, but I never heard anything negative about this game. Yes, but I honestly didn't hear much positive either, if Maybe. I'm real with you. And... There's honestly, this game is really good. Like, I I really enjoy it. I did not hear a lot of people saying, 
yeah, this is a different and weird thing, but I really enjoy it, and I can't wait to play more. Like, I didn't hear that. And I, you know what I'm saying? So sometimes there's a bit of a bandwagon approach of, like, and it felt like here there's a bit of a bandwagon, jokes intended, that just say, I don't get this game. <laughs> and um, I'm glad I do get this game after whatever effort it took me to get there because, yeah, dude, so agreed. Wow, like, this game, oh, my God, Supergiant Games, they're great, huh? Who would have known? <laughs> yeah. They still are great. Bring it back around. So, awesome. All right. All right. Yeah. We are out of totally here. agreed. We'll see you next week. Yep. We will see you next week when we complete this game. Until then, take care. That's right. <laughs> and uh, don't forget to harass McCoy in various languages on yeah. Twitter. Yeah, exactly. I'll just Google. I'll make a whole video and it'll like it'll power my content machine where I'll just slap your comments into Google Translate and then just make fun of them for having poor English, even though that doesn't even make sense at all as a concept. But like, trust me, the clicks. Do you have no idea? So. Okay. If that happens, I'll ask you about it. On, please don't sue us. Okay, anyway, <laughs> and we're done. <laughs> <laughs>